substance. It's easy when the love don't hide. No, I. No, I. Had to learn from my mistakes. Company creates companions. So right. Yeah, yeah. Very well said. I love your smile. Girl, I love it when you smile. Hello, everyone. We are here with another episode of the Vixen Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, C. Ortiz. And today, my special guest is Jasmine. (laughs) I know Jasmine uh, from Girls High. We went to high school together. So I have another Girls High girl (laughs) on my podcast. Shout out to 251. Once again. (laughs) So... (laughs) All right, so with all my guests, I have them introduce themselves. Um, you don't have to go too much in detail. Just tell people a little bit about yourself and if you have any businesses or anything you want to shout out. <laughs> I wish I was that successful. <laughs> I am not. So I'm Jasmine. I'm a Gemini. I'm real single. Um, that's literally it. That I work for a nonprofit in Alexandria, Virginia. That like I am no don't say that do not say that no you gotta talk good about yourself that was perfect that was great that's that's, that's what i got got. (laughs) that was great (laughs) all right so we're gonna move right into the first segment it's called i see you sis so during this segment i have um i i as well with my guests will shout out a woman or special women um that i feel like are motivating me or you know really putting out positivity um, and inspire me in some sort of way. So my shout out for this segment is going to be Issa Rae. So I wanted to shout her out because recently the list for the Emmy nominations came out and it was really cool because about 34% of the people on the nominations are black actors and actresses. So that was awesome. Cause I think that's like the first time in history that's ever happened an Emmy history that's ever happened. Um, and I wanted to give her a special shout out just because I feel like she's like you, me, like an everyday ordinary person. And it's cool because she started out on YouTube with her series and then she has now started the series on HBO, which has grown, which is insecure to the point that now this is her second, um, second Emmy nomination. And on top of that, I think a bunch of people from the show also got nominated as well. So I just think it's really cool that, you know, she started from YouTube and, this is where she's at now. I think recently they announced a movie she's doing with Jordan Peele. So I know that's going to be awesome because I love basically everything Jordan Peele does as far as movies. So, um, yeah, that's my shout out for this episode. I'm going to hand it over to Jasmine. Um, my shout out is a little bit, a, a little bit more near and dear to my heart. Her name is Nissa Lattimore. She owns a boutique in Philly called my BFF closet and she's my cousin and when I say inspires me every day, like forever promoting girl bosses, forever promoting black owned businesses, forever just just promote like just so many good vibes, so just such a beautiful soul. And she um 
she now does her business full time. She was able to, in her words, fire her boss a couple of years ago. So she works for herself. It is steady income. It is, I mean, it is a grind from morning to night, but she is on it. She is about that life. And it's like clothes, accessories. Um, and at her, at the actual boutique, sometimes she'll have like business, like women owned business days. So you can come in and you can experience other women and their businesses that they own. And she'll like have a hookah station and like a, a snack station where like somebody's serving snacks and honey punch and like a, a henna station and things like that, where these women, these are their businesses and they get to showcase them at her location. So I will definitely give a shout out to uh, Nissa Lattimore in my BFF closet in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you have not checked her out, definitely do so. Um, the, the cutest stuff that you'll ever want, the cutest stuff that you never thought that you would want, <laughs> that you will realize that you absolutely want when you look at her webpage. So I have to say two things right now. One is she sounds amazing. And everything you just said, I love. Like that is amazing, everything that she's doing. Because it's not just the boutique. Like it seems like she has so many other aspects to it. And she seems like she's all about women empowerment. And that's really, really cool. I love everything about that. So yeah. shout out to her. Second, shout out to you because I feel like you're about to take my job. You were like a radio host just now. I was I was like, oh my gosh, she's doing amazing. <laughs> Listen, when I'm over here, I'm stumbling, I am stuttering, and you were just like, shout out to you, okay? <laughs> well, thank you. This is this when you never shut up, like when you literally just talk constantly, <laughs> like just talking out the womb, and that's all you know how to do. <laughs> well, listen, it's working for you. I, like, I don't even know why you said you thought you were going to be my most boring guest, because you have a talent here, okay? <laughs> it was really good. All right, so we're going to go right into our next segment. It's called I Plead the Fifth. So this is my version of Never Have I Ever. I ask my guests questions in Never Have I Ever format, and they have the choice to answer or not answer. If they do answer, they have to tell us the truth. They have to explain what happened. They decide not to answer. They have to take a drink, like a sip from a drink of their, drink of their choice or a shot. But me and Jasmine <laughs> talked prior to getting on, and she's already lit. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked her I was like okay if you're not going to drink on the episode what's going to happen before I plead the fifth and she said she was going to answer every question <laughs> I mean what else am I here for what Listen, else she's about that for? life okay so let's see let's see if she's willing to answer every question they're not that bad though I try to keep it neutral when my guests are on here for the first time like as neutral as I can so, all right, first question is, never have I ever got caught by the security guard trying to cut from school or class while I was at Girls High? No. I think it was never. Cosby, that was his name? Never, never cut school. Never you cut never school cut school, 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 Jasmine? Nope. Are you serious? Now, okay, so on the technicality, I have cut class. Okay. But I was in orchestra and I was in choir, so... Anytime I cut class, I was normally in one of those two rooms practicing. And it was typically orchestra. I was typically practicing the cello. But when, like, when it comes to the traditional, have I cut school? Have I never have I ever cut school? Have wow. I? I never, ever. I was, listen, my mother is fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask you that. I was going to say, is your mom, like, super strict? And you would just be, like, a really good kid? Yeah. 
terrified. I could not imagine cutting school and, and somebody calling my mom to say, hey, we can't find your daughter. What? She would have scoured all of Philadelphia and had she found me, I would rather jump off the than Franklin. I would rather <laughs> swim in the with nothing on. Like, what? Even right now, like the thought of me, I called out from work on Monday and when I told my mother I called out from work, her voice was just like, mm. Well, see, and I'm just like, oh, parents no. will make you feel bad about that stuff. Like, I feel like my mom has done that where she'll call me and she'll be like, you didn't go into work today when we was going in because I live right next door to my mom so she would see that my car was still there in the morning. So she'd be like, you didn't go to work today? And I'm like, no. And she'd be like, well, were you sick? And I'm like, no, I just needed a day off. And she's like, a day off? Like, how dare you, bitch? I'll just be like, dang. Like, I haven't been going to work all these days. I'll take one day to myself and you judging me? <laughs> one of the things that I appreciate is that I told my mom, I was just like, it's a mental health day. I needed this off. I needed a self-care day. And she... She completely understands when I say it's a mental health day, but that judgment is still mm-hmm. kind of there. Yep. It's still kind of there. Yep. It's still like undertone. Like, I feel like parents make it seem like we don't deserve any days off. I'm just like, no, listen. Like, But my mom, she's Puerto Rican, so like, I don't think she understands what mental health days are. Like, it's either you off because you up to no good or you're going to work. <laughs> so I just be like, mom, leave me alone. Like... There it comes up, mom. It's no difference between black and Puerto Rican. Really? Like, so you off, so what are you doing? I mean, right? I was just like, I'm gonna go get I'm like, I'm gonna go get my hair done and I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna take a couple of naps. Right. That's, I mean, I did I mean I did in all honesty because my mother and I have a very open relationship. So I did say, I'm gonna get high as hell and then I'm gonna take some naps. <laughs> That's good. My mom also has the tendency of like, oh, you off? So I need to do this and this and that? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is my day off. This is not my day off to run your errands, lady. Like, get out of here. So the beautiful thing about having moved out of Philadelphia is that that is a physical impossibility. That's, I live uh, in Virginia. So I'm jealous. my mom can't have me run her errands when I'm off. It's just like, I'm off. I will call you in a couple of hours when I wake back up. <laughs> I'm jealous. Like, sometimes I think of that. I'd be like, me living next door is, like, good and bad because it's just, like, it's good when it's, like, I'm not a toilet paper or, like, I need sugar. But it's bad when, like, I have a day off or, like, I just want to chill. My mom's just like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm just like, lady, call somebody else. But everybody else lives outside of Philly, so it's just me. So, yeah. Clearly, you just got that. You got to leave the city. I know. I know. But I, I like it here. Even though I'm in North Philly, I, I enjoy my, my little home. So, but I don't know if she pushed me far enough. I might have to <laughs> peace out. <laughs> but all right. Next question is, never have I ever been caught looking at something inappropriate on my phone while I was at work? No, I've never been caught. Have what? I absolutely been looking at things inappropriate on my phone and on my computer screen? Because let me explain how... <laughs> Those days where you forget that your Google is connected to every device mm-hmm. and you go to type in P for something and Pornhub <laughs> pops immediately. Oh my God. Oh my God, James. I got a story to say about that. But so I, I don't think I've ever been caught looking at something, at least not by like um a manager or a supervisor. I think I've been caught by like a coworker. Like they just randomly walked up on me in my cubicle and they'd be like, what you looking at? I'm like, oh shit. But there was a story where, so at, at one point in time, I used to show my clients, like my photography clients, sample photos on my phone. 
So I would go to type in the site and like, I guess like the day before I had looked at Pornhub and when I went to open like the Google search, it was, it was like the first thing underneath and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like literally showing, like about to show them, they're like right over my shoulder. I was like, this is so embarrassing. I don't think they saw anything though. It's, it's worse when your situation has like gay porn on there, not lesbian porn, <laughs> actual like them porn. And you're opening it in front of your very Puerto Rican uncle. Oh, man. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. My uncle is directly from the island. He is the most Puerto Rican man you ever want to meet. He is the reason que yo hablo español. And uh, <laughs> he is also the reason I will... Probably never marry a Puerto Rican man as long as I'm Yo, Puerto Rican men are no joke. Like, I mean, shout out to Puerto Rican men because, I mean, my dad's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. But they are like, I don't know. They're on a whole nother level. A long time ago, Nigel had asked me why I wasn't, like, interested in Puerto Rican men. I said, listen here. <laughs> I didn't seen it with my own eyes. They're they're like a different breed. Like, it, it's a lot that goes on with them. And when it comes to, like, anything gay, it's it's they take it all the way left. Call it what it is. It's that machismo factor. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's what it is. Machismo. And it's, it's that, it's, and they're, like, super, like, jealous and aggressive. Like, that, that, it's just, it's a lot when it comes to Puerto Rico. I don't even want to just put it, I guess, on Puerto Rican men. I want to say Hispanic men, because I feel like yeah. it, it go, it's, like, across the board with them. Because I also, I also probably would not date a Dominican man, because me they're neither. fucking crazy. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> not, not Dominican, not Panamanian, like, none of that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not interested, because it's, like, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then sometimes they'll also be like very, um, like they'll be prettier than me. And I need to be the pretty one in the relationship. So I don't know about that. Already struggling, like uh, like ugly duckling sort of situation <laughs> in the morning. So I can't have you waking up and your eyebrows on 10 That's and your hair is smoothed down. And you look like you just jumped out of a magazine <laughs> and I'm looking like you shot John. Like, no. I'm over here trying oh. to grow my baby hairs back. You got them shits laid the first thing out the bed. Like, I'm going to be hated. It's not going to work. So, I'm with you on it. Oh, my God. It is too funny. All right. Next question is, never have I ever considered dating a friend's ex or someone she was entangled with? Since that's the word these days. That is the word these days, and I hate that word. I so know. <laughs> What's really nice about my very close friends and my best friends, especially, we have wildly different tastes in men. Okay. Okay. Wildly different. So when I say I've never even been attracted to, I mean, it, it helps that one of my best friends was dating my cousin. So okay. that, that helps. Definitely not going to be attracted to him. Right, but, right, right. Unless you're in like Wisconsin or Oklahoma or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> Like Alabama has not entered the chat. So right. <laughs> doing. Um, but no, we we have wildly different tastes to men. So I've I've never even been attracted to anybody that my friends have dated. That's good. Also, I am I don't want to say I'm predominantly attracted to white men, but those seem to be the only men who are like attracted to me. Mm-hmm. So and most of my friends are very much 
I'm dating black, I'm marrying black, I'm gonna have black ashy babies, like, <laughs> that's it. And I'm very much like, I'm, I'm okay with the vanilla squirrel baby. <laughs> um, okay with the half and half. <laughs> half and half, like, you can put some milk in my cocoa puffs. Um, <laughs> shout out Black Eyed Peas, 2008. <laughs> Um, Milk and my cocoa puffs. I like that. That might be the name of the episode. Oh my god! <laughs> I, was, I was told that because I was talk, going to be talking about sex and mental health, this episode should have been called "Dick and Crazy." Oh, that's um, good too. Listen, throw them out, throw them out. I'm open. I'm open for the title. <laughs> but yeah, nope. Never have I ever. That's nope. good. I thought that would be like a little spicy question because I don't really know if too many, um, it seems like that really happens with guys. Mostly, I don't say it doesn't happen with like girlfriends, but it seems like guys are very just like, you know, but they're just attracted to any and everybody. Some of them, not all of them, but, um. Men will fuck a crunch rap supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they could, they will put their dick in a toaster. Yeah. Just, with just, no like, problem with no problem like they'll hear so much bad shit about that toaster if you put your dick in the toaster it's going to get electrocuted and yeah and like, they would know, still do it they'd be like not with me not with me my things will go in there and not get electrocuted like they're just they're out of pocket oh man alright next one is never have I ever ruined someone else's vacation I'm the worst person vacation with I have absolutely ruined people's vacations before really I am because I'm one of those people okay so to preface I'm an only child I always get my way okay and my my aunt is really over here giving background commentary (laughs) yelling something you do not I literally always get my way and she knows it which is why she just took me to dinner but (laughs) she's cracking um, up (laughs) she is cracking up (laughs) Um, I, I'm very much about what I would like to do. And I, I'm, I'm normally good. If you don't want to do the same thing that I want to do, I will still, you should not be making that face drink in tequila. I need you to man up. It's because I put man a lemon juice in it. And that's all I taste. For some reason, I thought it was lime juice. It's lemon juice. So it was a little mm, surprising. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, now you understand. I'm like, ooh, okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry. That'll catch you off guard. Um, no, I, I remember, I think I told my best friend that, like, like we saw stray cats when we were on vacation once. And both of us, we love cats. We love everything to do with cats. It's just, you give us a cat and we are instantly in love. And I think I said, like, it was stupid or something like that. And her face was just like, bitch. Really? <laughs> yes. And I, like, legitimately screwed up the entire night. It wasn't a full vacation, but it was the entire night. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what did you do? I, I think I just said the fact that she was like wanted to chase after this cat was stupid, or like the fact that she wanted to pet this cat or get a picture with this cat was stupid. And when, when in reality, that's what we do. Like when we see stray animals, we get as close as we humanly can, <laughs> and then take a picture with them. And I was just like, this is dumb as hell. But what did you and do to like ruin the rest of the night? It was just the fact that I told her that it like oh, it like soured her entire mood. Okay. And the bad part is I realize that it's our her entire mood and I am a traditional emotional Gemini. 
So when I realized that I had messed up her night by saying that, I started crying and apologizing. Oh, no. I'm going to preface this with I was drunk. So I was really crying. <laughs> yeah. That's when the tears flow. I feel like I feel like liquor activates that. Like You just be like, oh, yes. it's time to cry. All of the rum in the Dominican Republic had activated my tears. And um, I was just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make it seem <laughs> I thought this was stupid. I just I'm so sorry. I'm so. I still love you. I'm so sorry. Oh my god! It was absolutely ridiculous. So yes, I'm just. I don't know what it is. I'm one of those people that like if I go to an all inclusive because it's normally an all inclusive that I'm at when I go on vacation. If I go to an all inclusive, I'm on the beach or I'm at the pool in one of those like chairs or in one of those like beds with the shades drawn or something like that. Like I'm very much on chill. I don't necessarily want to do anything else. So typically if you want to do anything else, I'm just like, fuck out of here with that bullshit. (laughs) But so I'm just like, I'm, I'm not, unless it's already on the itinerary, I'm not the most fun person to go on vacation with. But the good thing is, I tell people that up front. <laughs> Good. Because that's where a lot of shit goes left. That people don't really tell people how they are on vacation. And then you find out that you can't travel with this person because the vacation it's, was just terrible the whole time with them. After all these years of therapy, I am very self-aware. Good. <laughs> I tell people exactly how I am up front. We need more people like that because I swear, like, I have. I, I feel like I've been on vacation, so I'll just be like, never again. You'll never see me again on any type of plane with you. Like, it's I just am- like, people People just, they can be, like, the best to hang out with. I guess I get a, like, a get-together or something, but vacation's a whole nother story. Like, you'll see people on a whole nother level on vacation. If we go on vacation and you say, like, oh, we're going to go swim with the dolphins. Oh, we're going to go ziplining. Oh, we're going to go, like, on a catamaran today for a boat party. I'm with it. If you say stuff like, oh, they're having a party at the club later tonight on the resort. No. No. I don't want to go to the club on the resort. I want to sit at this pool and get drunk as I can and do nothing because that's what I cater for. Like, it has to be something that I'm not going to experience at home. Like, I can experience the club at home. I can't experience ziplining at home. I can't experience Chichen Itza at home. Like, so it has to be like, hey, you want to go visit the sugarcane field? I mean, I don't necessarily want to be reminded of slavery, but why not? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. Me, personally, I think um, before COVID hit, I had, like, this whole idea that I was going to go on vacation sometime um this year and i was like whatever vacation i go on i actually think i just want to relax because most of the vacations i go on i'm like i am i'm trying to party i'm trying to do it all but i was like i want to go on a vacation where i actually don't do anything but just lay around and drink and just like just kind of chill for a bit but you know especially with the all-inclusive okay i'm gonna have to yeah (laughs) because now i'm getting older i'm like i need need at least one chill vacation like when i do nothing like, I went to Miami last year, and I think I'm probably the only just black person in history who was just like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to come here ever again. <laughs> yeah, because Miami is like party town. It's like party central. It's like Vegas. Like, Those niggas don't 
go to sleep. They don't, no. Because I went to Miami last year, and we got there at 11 o'clock at night. Went to a club. We, went, we were at the club by, like, 1. We didn't leave until 7.30, 8.30 a.m. And they were still partying. People were still coming in. And I was <laughs> like, look, it, it's light outside. <laughs> I went to Miami last year, and I got drunk, and I found myself on the beach just, like, reflecting on my life and my drunkenness. Like, I had to look at it. It was bad. It was bad. Oh my god. I will tell people though, like, on all-inclusive resorts, I really think they put, like, anger in those drinks. Like, either anger or, like, sadness, because if you're drinking them bitches all day, someone in your group is bound to have, like, an argument or disagreement or issue. Like, all-inclusive resorts, I think they set you up a little bit for something to happen. I have a nervous breakdown every time. And when I say nervous breakdown, I don't mean a full nervous breakdown. Like, I do this thing. My mom always told me that if you're going to cry, you got five seconds to cry. Like, you you let one tear drop, and then you get over it. So I have, like, many nervous breakdowns mm-hmm. on every trip. It's just like, oh, my God, I'm so sad. I'm so lonely. <laughs> I'm this age, and I'm still single. Oh, my God. And then after that, it's just like, all right, all right. good. So <laughs> bad. I'm crying. Right, right. I'm telling you, all-inclusive resorts activate that. Like, if you're with, like, friends. Like, if you're with your bae, it might be different. Like, y'all on a whole nother type time. But, like, with friends, one of y'all is bound to have a disagreement with the other. Like, one of y'all is about to be mad at the other's dress and the other one wasn't dressed for the reservation and now y'all gotta eat the fucking food in the mini cafe. Like, it's something's bound to happen with them drinks involved. So... First of all, I only know vacations with my friends. I don't even know what a bay is. Maybe you can explain to me. (laughs) Because all this time, I'm like bay repellent. Mm -hmm. So I don't... Like, I don't know how to catch one. I don't know what you do with one when you get it. Like, what do you feed it? How often do you walk it? Well, me, honestly, I think I said this on previous episodes. I don't know how I got a bay. I think I was just lucky. Um... But yeah, it happened. So once I got the bay, I was just like, okay. I have so many things want to waste my time. Just so much of my time wasted, including tonight. I had a, a lovely appointment scheduled for this evening, and it got canceled because <gasps> he said he wasn't feeling well. And I'm just like, I j- j- nigga, fuck you. Like, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna take a shot to that. That's what I was wondering when you said, like, before. Like I say on all my episodes, I always have a little conversation before I start recording. And Jazz had told me she had a dick appointment. But then um, she said, when we were talking about timing of the episode, she was like, oh, I got all the time after this. And I'm like, wait, I thought she had a dick appointment. I am so sad to hear. Girl, I am so sad to feel. (laughs) I didn't know guys cancel dick appointments. I thought They do. Like, I mean, this... Listen, what I'm walking around with is fucking titanium. So I don't understand why you don't want this at every second of every day. I did it with my mama. Really but, um, Let me take a shot today. I can't. Oh, my God. Like, you canceled on this? On this? Sir. I did not know guys canceled dick appointments. That is new to me. I thought... They was hot and ready like Little Caesars Pizza all the time. Like, you don't feel well. Well, this could have made you feel better. What you mean? 
So it's more like dominoes where it's like flaccid and not satisfying. So. <laughs> Yo, I said the same thing. So I don't like Domino's pizza until recently they, they started coming out with a pan. And I, I fuck with the pan from Domino's. But other than that, I do not like it. That's because they're trying to be like Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut had that pan pizza first, and that pan pizza slapped. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, I mean, rest in peace to Pizza Hut. They just left us with no explanation or nothing. They was just gone. We had, like, the whole salad bar and juice box combination at Pizza Hut. Like, do you remember Wait, I feel like I do. Wasn't that, like, a mixed restaurant? I thought it was, like, Pizza Hut and something else. No, it was just Pizza Hut where they had, like, all the booths, and in the middle they had, like, those two salad bars, and you got to play, like, whatever shitty song it was on the juice box. <laughs> and it was just, like, the best oh time to God. be kids. <laughs> they used to have a um, Pizza Hut um, buffet, too. Where you could just pizza like, Hut buffet? Nah. You could just go up and get whatever pizza you wanted. Was it, like, CeCe's Pizza? Something like it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not as extensive as CC's Pizza, but I know what Nigel is talking about. Okay. I know what I like. They used to have like pan pizza. It was almost like a hot and ready situation. Like they would have pan pizza sitting out on the buffet, and you could go get your cheese or your pepperoni or your meat lovers or whatever. But it wasn't as extensive as CC's where they got like macaroni and cheese buffalo wing pizza. Like <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't that intense. Oh my God. All right, we're going to go to the next question because we got, we went on so many tangents, but they were good tangents though. All right, next one is Never have I ever had phone sex? Oh, bitch, I am the queen of phone sex. Really? <laughs> Jasmine, I'm finding out so much about you. <laughs> so, can I ask a question? Because I've actually never had phone sex. Um, like I've said sex, like, you know, like freaky text or whatever, but I don't think I've ever been on the phone and actually had sex. So like, what's it like? Boring. You just got to keep him involved. You got to oh, keep him shit. interested. You got to keep him involved. And then you hear like that three second grunt at the end and you're just like, <laughs> my job is done. All right. Um, so it's like sexy phone operator, like kind of thing. It's like, Hey baby, what are you doing? Uh, I'm wearing this. What are you wearing? What do you want me to be doing to you right now? It's shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's gonna get so many listens, y'all. It's just, it's, I already know. This is about to be the one that puts us on the map because we just got a whole tutorial on phone sex. Like, thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> this was a nice, like, YouTube tutorial beginner's guide. A ch- channel that office voice where it's just like like if you work in an office and you're always saying stuff like thank you for calling such and such you yeah. gotta like just make it deeper and it's just like thank you for calling how can i help you and it's ridiculous <laughs> it's, yeah. is it just for him then is it just for the guy like because i remember the one scene i don't know this is um i don't know if anybody watched this from american pie too when they were like having phone sex on there but she was like into it too like she was like trying to get herself off as well as he was trying to do his thing I mean, I don't get anything from it. Okay. I don't get anything from it at all. So it's it's really, an, uh, from my experience, it's just been for the guy. So. Okay. Wow. Nigel wants to know, have you done FaceTime sex? I didn't even know that was a thing. That's how old I am. That is, that is a thing. I'm very <laughs> old I- with this. I own an Android, so I have oh, not. Oh, okay. Zoom sex with Zoom being the new thing? 
Listen, this Zoom account is through my job. I don't even know what they're recording. If they're recording this right now, they're about to find out a whole bunch of shit about me. Uh, like we hired an unhinged nymphomaniac. I don't really know what to do. <laughs> no, I think they probably really enjoy it. They might just subscribe. So, shout out to them. <laughs> Alright, last question for I plead the fifth is never have I ever been caught cheating on a test. I've never been caught cheating. I have I had a feeling you're such a good kid. No, 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 no. It's not that I'm a good kid. I am excellent at cheating. Oh. Okay. I know I know exactly when to look. I know exactly when to not look. I when the teacher's about to look up. I used to ooh, in Mosley's class? Oh Mosley. I forgot yeah. about Mosley. <laughs> I cheated every exam in Mosley's class. <laughs> wow. I'm and really proud of you. That woman is Satan. So she <laughs> never actually caught me doing this. Uh, it was funny is one time she thought I was talking in class and it happened to be Carmen. And Shout out to Carmen. I was just like, I understand that we both have these manly voices in high school, but I need you to differentiate between the two. <laughs> Oh my god. I did sound like Tony Braxton's understudy. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying there was one specific class I used to get in trouble in all the time, but I cannot remember the teacher at all. I just remember it was an English class and it used to be at the end of the third floor hallway. But I constantly who was it? Coleman. I think it was Miss Coleman. Dog, I used to constantly be the entire layout of where the classes were. Like you can you can pick a classroom and I can tell you which teacher was the next. Yo, that's awesome because I I can remember like where the classes were and stuff. I just can't remember the teachers, but I remember it was an English class and I remember it was on it was at the very end third floor on the right hand side. And oh my god, I was constantly in trouble in that class. Like they was always separating me from my friends because I was the cool friend. Like I was making people laugh and shit. So they would just mm-hmm. put me on to the side by the window. Everybody else in little groups, and I'm just on the side looking salty. But it's not my fault that I was popular. I feel like it was either Miss Coleman or Miss Diallo. Miss Diallo, you fucking got it. It wasn't. That's what I was like. I feel like I had Miss Coleman, but no, it was Miss Diallo. I drove her insane. I really enjoyed it. I don't know. It's probably bad looking as an adult looking back. But I would specifically go to that class. And I think that was the only class out of the four years I was there that I went to just drive her insane because it was so easy. And mm-hmm. all she would do was just move me over and then I, it'd be, we'd be back at it again. Like, it wasn't about but nothing. One of the things that I really liked about our high school is that there were no popular groups. Like, yeah, there wasn't, you no. You couldn't move a student and then expect them to be quiet for the rest of the day because it was just like, no, if I'm making people laugh, I'm going to make the entire class exactly. laugh. So it doesn't matter where you put me. Exactly. And she was one of them teachers that, like, she would react to everything. She didn't know how to just let certain things go. Like, anything would just kind of set her off. And it was just like, I guess I was being evil at that point. It was just funny to see her react. But I wasn't the only one doing it. Like, there was numerous numerous ones in the class who we just, like, messed with her. But, yeah, like she said, that's the one thing I loved about Girls High, too. I don't know what it's like now, but when I was there, everybody pretty much knew everybody for the most part. You may have not, like, necessarily hung out with them, but everyone kind of knew everybody, and there wasn't no, like, real, like, popular 
like mm-hmm. people or anything like that. Everybody was like doing their own thing. They had their own friends, but it, I mean, we was cool. Exactly, and that's that's one of the things that I really, really loved about our school. Because um, you wouldn't expect that from an all girls school. You would think it'd be like constant yeah. like bickering and fighting and stuff like that. I mean, those that things like that happen, but I don't know. I didn't feel like it was constant. The thing is, I think it's only people who go to co-ed high schools who think that it's going to be constant bickering because we didn't, when you remove boys from the equation, it's not much left to argue over. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not much left to argue over. So we, it was just like, oh, you having boyfriend trouble? Well, I got AP Euro right now, <laughs> right. so I can't really, I got to go. Um, right. You need to go see the counselor because right. I don't really know what to tell you about this. Right. And then on top of that, we was wearing uniforms too. We we only could dress down on Fridays. So it was just like, I don't feel like it was a bunch of people in there trying to flex on anybody. Like we pretty much always wearing the same thing. And I felt like it allowed a lot of us to just be goofy. Like you said, there wasn't no guys or nothing. So a lot of the times I remember going to school and enjoying it because it was always people in there just doing funny shit. I always tell people that high school was the best four years of my life. It like, was. I not relate to that, and it's so sad some days. I know. Definitely. Like, I was just like, the freedom of an all-girls school, like, people don't even understand. I was just like, just imagine being able to stand in the middle of the hallway and yell, does anybody have a tampon? And you get, like, 96 <laughs> different varieties of tampons. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I always say good things about my high school experience. I was like, I really enjoyed Girls High. Like, it had like it had its moments, but like what school doesn't? And I don't know. It was it was funny as hell. Like a lot of the people that I still, I mean, I think I still follow majority of the Girls High girls. Like I know a lot of yeah. Like a lot of us now. Um, a lot of my clients and stuff are Girls High girls. A lot of people on the podcast. Like I don't know. It's just like you keep it going for years after. I guess. Anytime somebody asks me, do I know a photographer? I'm just like, yep, sure do. Sure. <laughs> and it's me, y'all. It's me. I hope it's me that she recommends. <laughs> Very much you. I remember when Amanda Bogan got married. I don't know if I'm allowed to say whole names or whatever. Um, but I That's remember okay. when she got married. She, she's just like, I'm looking for a photographer. I'm just like, yep, you're going to go with Cecilia. And she is a girl's high girl. And this is who is going to be your videographer for your wedding. And we are set. All right. And done. I know. Thank you for that, cause that I, that's when I seen you at the at her wedding. So, shout out to Amanda. Um. All right. So that is a wrap of I plead the fifth. She did answer all the questions. So shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was super entertaining. So all right, we're gonna move into our next segment, which is called What's Trending or Whatever. Basically, I just talk about stuff that's going on right now, stuff that seemed, um, that I would like to talk about is honestly, there's a lot of political stuff going on. I'm not a big political person. Um, I feel like you really have to kind of, you got to kind of know a little bit about it. All I know is like basic stuff and I don't really like to go into it too much. So I don't really have any, I actually don't have anything political on this agenda. Um, what I do have first is Megan the Stallion. So I talked about her the last two episodes, so I'm not going to go, like, extensively into it. If you've listened, you know what's going on with her. Um, But she did put a video out on her live. It was on Monday. Just basically explaining that she wasn't only just shot in the one foot. She was shot in both of her feet. 
Um, and she wants to talk about the situation, saying, like, it was an eye-opener. You know, now she wants to watch who she has around her and in her circle. Um, she also expl- explained that she felt like she was moving too fast, and she felt like this was, like, I guess God telling her, you have to sit down. Um, so I kind of just wanted to discuss that aspect of sometimes people, um, I guess like how you can get caught up in not just being like a celebrity, but I guess just like how you can get caught up in anything, um, either moving too fast or being around the, like being around the wrong people and having to kind of notice, like I need to take a step back. Cause I feel like that's happening to a lot of people in my age range, like, the older I'm getting, the more I'm noticing a lot of people's friend circles are changing and people are just realizing certain things about other people that it's just like, uh, I don't think this works anymore. Um, and I also wanted to just discuss a lot of the mean things that were being said about her because after she put that live up, I think, and it was a lot of it was men. I think I saw a lot of guys basically saying that she was a liar. There was a rumor going around that she was transgendered. Like, just mean things. And, um, yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about... Did you see any of that stuff? Like, Well, first of all, I I didn't watch the video that she put up because that baby... And, yes, I'm going to call her a baby because she is 25 years old. And I feel like most people forget that. So, that baby was hurting when she made that video. I didn't want to see her cry. I didn't want to see her try and have to defend herself or the situation that she was in because we have all been in shitty situations. Now, hers might be a little bit more extreme than other people's because, I mean, I've been in shitty situations, but I've never gotten shot. But I know people that you you around those type of people and you do run you do run that risk. But I'm not blaming her for what happened. I don't think any of it is her fault. The fact, like, I don't think that calling her transgender is a mean thing, but the fact that it was men and the fact that it was black men specifically who were perpetuating this, it was meant to be a, it was meant to be slander. It was meant to be a slur against her. It was meant to make her less womanly, which it, or like make her less cisgender womanly, which people always try to do, especially to taller like more voluptuous, darker skinned black women. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm actually sick of. Like mm-hmm. that's I'm I'm honestly when it comes to these sorts of debates, I'm tired of black men being the weakest link. Like either you going like protect us or shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Right. That's all I want from you. Protect us or shut up. Yeah, like some of the stuff I just feel like it is. It's one of those situations where if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Um, you know, I think I felt like it was mean because I felt like they were trying to make it seem like she deserved it or like it was her fault. Maybe not deserved it, but like it was her fault in some way. Like people were trying to rationalize um, what Tory Lanez might have did or why he did it. And, I, you know, we still don't know all the facts because on the live, she didn't name anybody. She just was saying what the situation was. So, I mean process of elimination obviously everyone thinks it's Tori but I just thought it sucked that like she could go on a live which is like at this moment it was only like a week or two ago so like she's still healing from her injuries but she decided to go on a live to explain herself <clears throat> excuse me and I don't know if it's like she felt pushed to do it by like her team or she wanted to who knows but it's just like you said this 25 year old girl put herself on a live to try to explain her situation and she's getting this backlash from men basically trying to make an excuse for why if Tory did it, this is why he did it. And I just thought that was like, 
just fucked up. Like, you couldn't sympathize with her and the fact that she, like she said, she doesn't have any of her parents. She's still healing. You could tell on the live. She was, like, crying. Like, she's still healing from the death of her mom. She's super young in the public having to deal with this kind of stuff that a lot of us deal with when we realize this person isn't for me. And that's the only thing you could say was that, oh, well, this happened she's transgendered or this happened because she was beating on him or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was just, like, sucky to see. When it comes to the pain and suffering of black women, there is never sympathy. There is never sympathy. And the darker you are, the less you get. The more outspoken you are, the less you get. The more you promote this image of I am who I am and whether that is a sex queen or whether that is like sweet and innocent it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like whatever happened to you you deserve it and that's fucked up you know what i'm saying like it's just like that's how i was feeling i was just like what and i just think it sucks that i don't know that her feelings weren't like valid you know like she's obviously hurting and everyone's kind of like so what you know like okay cool this is probably why it happened it's just like I don't know. I think I was just really bothered by the whole thing. I know everybody's been making jokes. I know, like, even on my previous episode, I made a joke about the situation, not about her, but just about the situation in general. Um, You know, everyone's doing that. But I think when it got to the point where she's literally on a live crying and you say these things, it's just like, okay, come on now. Like, it just sucks. It's just like, I don't know. I was really like, this is crazy. But then even last night, apparently, what is that show called? Marriage Boot Camp? Um, on Marriage Boot Camp, they showed a clip where Tahiri, Joe Budden's ex-girlfriend, um, she was explaining something in, like, the counseling, the group counseling session, and her dude, Vado, who, I was like, who the hell is this? Naja told me he's a rapper. He, like, got up and choked in front of everybody. But the big thing that bothered everyone outside of her getting choked on fucking national TV was that the other men who were there, the other black men, just sat and watched. Nobody jumped up and said a thing the only the only black man who jumped up was the counselor who pulled him off of her and pulled him away but all the other guys were just like "Mm, what just happened like nothing the bad part is he probably only did that because it was his job like i don't i don't there's never a situation like if i ever see something going wrong or if i ever see something happening or god forbid anything ever happens to me and i'm in a really shitty predicament i am not expecting any man and I, I feel like shit for saying this, but I'm definitely not expecting any black man to jump to my rescue. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. That's a sucky feeling to have. It's a very sucky feeling. Like, I, one of my friends posted something, and it wasn't specific to black men, so, th- like, I don't want it to seem like I'm a right, right, black right. men. But one of, my, one of my friends posted something on Facebook, and it said, quick, close your eyes. You're in a room with three men who you trust. Who are those three men? And I literally was just like, my dad. Oh, man. Like yeah, that was, that was it. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm sure a lot of women are gonna listen to this podcast and think about that. Like, damn, who are three men that I trust? Because it's it's difficult. Like, um, I'm not sure if it was on my last episode or not. I remember Nigel had mentioned about like, um, like women can't really have guy friends. Like, they might have one or two, but they can't necessarily have a lot of guy friends who are probably not even interested in like having sex with them. And then it just kind of, that sucks too, because it's like, do you guys really have a genuine friendship or is this guy just playing a friend until he gets his shot? So it's just like, 
I don't know. It just does suck for women to feel like they are not protected at all, especially when you see somebody getting choked right in front of you and everyone's just sitting there like, well, not my business. But, you know, Nigel, not not to, I don't want to play devil's advocate, but I do like always kind of giving two perspectives because I remember one time Nigel told me a story, I believe, of this guy who did get involved of something that was going on and he ended up dying. The guy shot him too. So I think that's, that might also go through some men's mind of like, let me mind my business just because they have the potential of also being harmed or dying. But I don't know. Does that make you, does that make you a pussy? Not, I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, like that you would allow, but it's, it's hard because it's like, I know me, I've had moments where like people might need help on the side of the road. I'm like, do I help them? I'm scared. What if they like ready to rob me or something? Like, so it, I guess it's difficult. Like it's difficult to see both ends. I think it just, sometimes you can, you should at least say something. Or like you said, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say anything at all. I think yeah. a lot of it too is, um, it's the thing of, you know, you can jump in, fuck that guy up. And then the next week, Shorty's back with him, so what was the point? That's She's true. She's going right back to getting her ass whooped, and you know what I mean? And, you know, how many times can you answer that call of, hey, my man just hit me, before you be like, all right, well, you know, that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's go ahead. But I guess because I come, from the, I come from the type of family where I can make that call several times, and every single time he's going to get his ass beat. Now... Am I going to get called all types of fools because I'm staying with him? Absolutely. But every single time I make that call of my man hit me, he's going to get his ass beat. Yeah. But then you then you're putting your um, family at risk of going to jail. Of you know next time you know you called him the first time they came, the next time he's prepared, and now your family member might get killed, stabbed shot, mm-hmm. have somebody waiting for him, you know, it's a bunch, it's a lot of questions, whereas yeah, no, I completely get that I completely, yeah. I completely get that and thankfully I have never had to put anybody in that circumstance, yeah. I have never had to be in that circumstance, so I couldn't imagine like I truly just could not imagine what it would be like to even be in that situation mm-hmm. yeah, and that's why I said I like to kind of give two ends, because it's always those two ends like it's always gonna be this perspective or this perspective i just think personally in megan's um situation you know at first it was like okay everyone was joking but now she's fully because no one knew what was going on you know what i'm saying no one had the details we were all just assuming and going with the flow um but it's like now you get some more details and you see this young lady on live crying and you're still going in on her it's just like come the fuck on but you know I guess that's just some people's mindset. And I feel like a lot of times people do things for shock value, you know, for people to follow them for the likes and all that other bullshit. It's just sometimes like, they do that dumb shit like too. You did, like you did all this for clout. Did you get, did you get the likes? Did right. you get the clicks? Right. Did you get this? Right. And that's why I think people forget. Like, you know, sometimes something can just go a little bit too far. Like you got to kind of reel it back in. So, yeah, but I I do pray and, you know, hope that she is healing and just getting the help that she needs mentally and emotionally because that's traumatizing. Like, I've never been shot. 
you know, thank you, Lord. But I'm sure going through some sort of situation like that, even domestic abuse is just, it changes you. You know what I'm saying? Like now it goes into like who you trust. And like she said, who I want to be around, who I want to put like my energy into. Like you just don't know. So yeah, yeah but wishing the best for Meg. Um, next subject is a little bit lighter. <laughs> Um, is so Netflix the other day um announced that they acquired the rights for seven classic black TV shows that are from the WB and UPN, I believe. Um, it's really cool because these shows have predominantly black cast and storylines. So I wanted to ask you, did you know about this? Are you excited about it? How do you feel? <laughs> I knew I know about this and I'm very excited about it. I'm mostly excited to watch girlfriends as an adult. Like I'm mostly excited to watch girlfriends as a grown woman with a very close-knit group of black women that I call my friends. I saw a lot of people saying the same thing as you. Like, a lot of people was just like... Because girlfriends did come out when we were younger. A lot of these shows came out when we were younger. So, like... We might have not, we might not been able to relate fully. Like we probably enjoyed the content because I remember watching watching Moesha and the Parkers and like enjoying everything about it. But we might not have been able to relate. So I think now okay. being older, now you're kind of. I, I think there's going to be more of an entertainment value for people because yeah. you've either maybe gone through what they're going through or you're going through it currently. You know, like that. That always, to me, makes whatever I'm watching better when I can relate and it touches me in some way, shape, or form. Like, I don't know. I just, I always feel like I enjoy it more when it's, like, something that I feel like, oh, that's me. Like, oh, I've done that. So. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I completely, I completely get that. And, no, when you can relate to characters, it definitely does make the show 1,000 times better. Um I could, even when I was young, there were certain characters that like personality traits and certain quirks that I could relate to, but being grown and being very mostly grounded in who I am mm-hmm. and what I expect from people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to take a look at these shows with, with a, a fresh pair of eyes. Basically. Right. Right. Um, I wanted to pull up the list just so people can know what shows are coming on. So Moesha's coming on Netflix on August 1st. The game seasons one through three is coming on coming up on August fifteenth. I remember the game being messy, child. Like that's all I remember <laughs> about that show. Um, Sister Sister, which I loved, is coming on September first. Girlfriends September eleventh. The Parkers October first. Half and half October fifteenth, and one on one on October fifteenth. So these are really really good shows. Um, I'm excited about all of this. Moesha, I'm really excited about. And um, I was just cracking up because they said that I saw people tweeting that Moesha apparently has pretty some pretty toxic storylines. <laughs> um, remember, it does. Like yeah. she, was, she, was, she was in a relationship where she could have gotten shot. You right. was, you was, a Q was, yeah. I used to love Q with my guy. Like I wanted to be like Q for real, for real. Yeah, like she, you know, yeah, she, she, she liked the little, the little hood boys, the little hood ones. I have so many questions for Nigel right now. Really? Um, <laughs> he was a G. He was hard. Oh, my God. Problem. Did he even go to her school? I feel like I remember him not even going to her high school. They just used to meet up at the cafe. I feel like he just popped out of nowhere like, yo, I'm this cool dude. I, I hang with, like... I don't even... I don't even know, but I don't, I don't even remember clearly, but it was just like... 
Where did you even come yeah, from? Yeah, like, I feel like he was like the boys that used to be waiting for the girls outside of girls' hide. It was just like, you should not be around here. He's out here picking the girls up. So, I remember that. And then someone tweeted, like, do y'all remember when she was, like, damn near in a relationship with a teacher? I don't remember that. I don't remember her dealing with a teacher. That. I'm excited to watch it. I know. I'm See, excited. that's why I'm excited, too. So, that's going to be up August 1st, which is this weekend. So, I'm definitely going to be peeping it just to kind of catch up. Um, out of the shows that I named, do you have a favorite out of these? Like one that you're really, really excited for? Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Okay. All right. I never watched an episode of Girlfriends. Um, so. Really good. It's like, it is what I, what I enjoyed about Girlfriends is that you had these four black women from very different backgrounds who were very educated, very eloquent who likes sushi and were also a little bit ratchet from time to time. So it <laughs> oh, I love was, ratchet. <laughs> it was nice because it was just like, it wasn't this one dimensional black character like that was just flat all the time. It wasn't just like loud mouth ghetto baby mama sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was, it was everything. Okay. It was everything. And they was bad. I was about. I was just about to say. I do remember them all being like bad as shit. Like these bad ass women. It was really yeah. the black Sex in the City. Okay. See, I never watched Sex in the City. Um, like I watched Ooh, the girl, movies. Watch, watch Sex in the City. It's ridiculous and it's horrible, but watch it. Okay. See, I've only watched the movies, and I think I've only watched like random episodes here and there when it would be like I don't know on one of them TV channels where it's like edited, but they just show it randomly. TBS. Yeah, TBS. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, it's on, so. But I've never actually watched it, like, all the seasons and stuff like that, so. I think, when it came out, I think my mom was just like, you too young? And I couldn't only watch, like, certain things, but I'm excited, so. I'll be tuning in for sure. What's really nice about being an only child is that my mom would tell me that I was too young for things, but she would fall asleep at, like, 8.30 at night. (laughs) I watched whatever I wanted to. See, so I'm not an only child, but my mom had me way later than she had my siblings. So it was it was mostly just me by myself in the house. But I think I was too scared. Like, you know, I was too scared to cut class. I think I was too scared to get caught watching something I shouldn't have been watching. So I was right uh, with, I was right on Nick and Knight with it. Like, nope, just go ahead and so on all the time. So uh, it was it was either like Golden Girls or the L Word or Queerest Folk, and it's just <laughs> either of those shows. <laughs> I, oh I want to shout out to one on one on one just for showing a positive black man taking care of his child as a own. I mean, as a you know, a single parent. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. They didn't really show a lot of that, and you know, it does happen more than you think. So, and he was a yes. really Flex Alexander was the man. Um, I think his name was Flex on the show. Yeah, he's it was like, Flex. He's Flex every time. Like, any show he's on, he's just Flex. He was Flex outside of that movie where he was Michael Jackson, which was not a good idea. Yeah, but that, was, that was a bad idea. It was not a good idea. But I don't think it was necessarily his acting. It was whoever was on makeup and styling. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So. That person should have been fired. A hundred percent. Like, that thing that's where the budget kind of wavered off and that's all they could afford, we could tell. So. Exactly. That is funny. All right. So, my last trending topic is Beyonce. So, are you a Beyonce fan? I know not everybody is. Um, 
I I actually really love Beyonce. Now I will not say I'm part of the Beehive because the they go hard, <laughs> and I I can't do that. Like I'm sorry. I'm but I'm I love her. Like I went to her concert. You haven't went to a Beyonce concert, you have to go. I feel like it'll change your life. Like, they're amazing. She's super talented. I love a lot of, pretty much everything that she does. But I, am I a full-blown stan? No. (laughs) Because you, I feel like that's a commitment. So, are you a Beyonce fan at all? I am most definitely a Beyonce fan. I am not a member of the Beehive. I don't listen. I'm not even sure I like me all that much most days. (laughs) Right. So I can't put that much commitment in somebody who's not paying my bills. Right. Um, but no, I I absolutely like. I'm excited for Black is King to come out. Which I'm excited what, to watch yeah. it coming to come out. I remember when she dropped self titled. I was one of the first people. To, well, not one of the first people. That just sounds that's that's absolute bullshit coming out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, I was, but I was like one of the first of my friends to actually get the album because I really wanted it and I was very excited. I mean, I didn't download it at like one o'clock in the morning like a lot of my friends did. Yeah. But, but I was, I like, I got it. I listened to it. I remember when Lemonade came out. I, that shit made me feel powerful for like. Yo, forever. I love Lemonade. Yeah, like I love, like that's what I was like. I'm going to her concert to watch her perform this album. Like it was, I went by myself. I had nobody to go with. I went right my, by myself, and I had a ball. Like, it was so good. And even, like, Homecoming, like, I was watching Homecoming, and I was, like, I feel like I was crying with her. And, like, the whole thing was just, like, I don't know. Like, I think Beyonce just has this amazing star quality about her, and I think she deserves all the flowers. Like I said, I love her, but I'm with Jasmine. I will not stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning to download it. I'll, I'll download it when I wake up the next day. I'll see what's up with it. But, you know... And I won't be going hard in the Twitter comments for her neither. Like, you know, like I can't. I'm just not. I'm just not a Beehive member. You know where I go hard for Beyonce in the Twitter comments? I normally go hard for Beyonce when it comes to her children because I don't care who you are. I don't care what celebrity you are. Kids should be off limits. They should. Kids should be off limits. Like even when people, like when people would, would compare Blue Ivy to North to Northwest, I'm just like Which is terrible. All about we don't pin these two black girls against one another from the time they slipped out of the womb. Like they already, I mean, whether she knows it or not, Kim Kardashian is raising a black woman and Beyonce knows she's raising a black woman. So they're already going to have enough to deal with in life. So how about we don't do this when they're two and three years old? I agree. I agree. I do. I do think people like that should be off limits. I agree with that a hundred percent. So I definitely understand you going hard in the comments for that. And I commend you for that a hundred percent. Um, but I did bring Beyonce up because, as Jasmine already mentioned, Black is King comes out tonight. So maybe tonight I might be a stand because I want to watch it because it's coming out on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's directed, written, and um, executive produced by her. Um, so, yeah, it's coming out July 31st on Disney+. Plus. We're recording on July 30th, which is why I said tonight at midnight. Um, so by the time you guys listen to this on Monday, most of you, I'm hoping, will have seen it. And I already know it's going to be the bomb because if it's one thing that girl can do is she can put some visuals together, like the visual. And I'm all about visuals. Like I love when people put like their creativity and just do stuff that's out of the box. I'm all about like colors and stuff like that. So I'm just excited to see everything she puts together, even to the outfits, the hair, like the dancing. I'm just amped up for it. I'm here for all of that, especially because I'm not visually creative. Mm -hmm. So it's, always 
such a wonderful experience for me to see someone who is very visually talented put right. something together. It's like, like I'm like a small child discovering the world for the first time every single, like every single time I watch Lemonade, I'm like that. Lemonade's the bomb. I'm still with you on that. Like the bomb. That whole, the videos, everything. I'm just like, I love everything about this. Like I can listen to that album. I was actually hurt because at one point in time, you could only listen to it on Tidal. And I was like, uh, I, I didn't enjoy Tidal and I don't want to come at Tidal because it's black owned. And I, if you enjoy Tidal, please like much support for it. I just didn't like the interface of it for myself. And I remember leaving it and being upset that I couldn't hear it. But then once it came to Apple music, I was all excited, but I've also left Apple music too. I'm on Spotify. Shout out to Spotify. <laughs> so I, I literally subscribed to Title for Beyonce. They were just like, get exclusive Beyonce Because that's all, you can, that's all like, you can get her stuff at, yeah. She'd be riding for her van. I don't blame her, but I'd be like, dang, I gotta wait 18 months to get this if I don't join Title. Once Lemonade dropped and I was listening to it in full the next day. <laughs> I'm hating. I was hating. Yeah, I'd be having to wait for her stuff to join the other platform. So shout out to Beyonce. Super excited for that. Um, and that's pretty much it for this segment. So we're going to wrap that right on up and we're going to go right into free talk. So free talk is always more geared to my guests. It's something that they, um, have experienced and, uh, volunteered to talk about. So when I was talking to Jasmine, I asked her for something specific about her and she let me know that she has a mental disorder, which I had no idea. And I was like, Oh, this will be perfect. She also let me know, you know, she loves talking about mental health, especially as a black woman. So I was like, this would be perfect to talk about. I think especially during these weird, strange times that I feel like a lot of people's, um, I don't like saying issues, but you know, their, their, their mental, I guess, um, things that are going on with them mentally are coming to light and they're noticing that there are some things that either they haven't healed from or just stuff that. It's affecting them more than they thought they did. Um, I've never met anyone who's actually, well, at least that has told me they've actually been diagnosed with a mental disorder. So, um, yeah, I thought this would just be a really, really good topic to talk about. So, Jasmine, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what your mental disorder is? Sure. Um, I'm always, first of all, I'm going to lead this with dear black people and my Latino cousins. Go <laughs> to therapy. Go to fucking therapy. <laughs> go to therapy. We need it as a unit. Go to ther- talk to somebody. Please. You don't have to be hard all the time. You really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have um, what is known as bipolar 2. Okay. So it is a lot of people when they think about bipolar disorder, they think about like people like Charlie Sheen, which I always, I mean, listen, if you don't know who Charlie Sheen is, you're too young to be listening to this podcast. Right. Turn it off. Right. And go to bed. But for those of us who do know who Charlie Sheen is, his mania was always in the news. Like a hooker sniffs cocaine off of Charlie Sheen's penis. Like (laughs) it's, it's like, it was always the craziest thing that he was in the news for. And that, and you know what, I don't, I don't want to say that Charlie Sheen has bipolar disorder. I don't know if he's actually been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but from what they were talking about and how they were, how they were portraying it, that's what it looked like. So you have this mania, which is the highest of highs. Like you are, you are God tier at that moment. 
Like there is nothing that can touch you. You are invincible. Like you are doing 110 on the freeway because you are not going to die. Like it's not wow. going to happen. And then you have the lovely, um, the lovely condition that goes hand in hand with that, which is the depression part of bipolar disorder. Now that is, so you have the highest highs and you have the absolute lowest lows where a shower, what is a shower? Getting dressed, eating food? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. None of those things are happening. Um, so you have that. Now with bipolar two, where it's different is you have those highs, but they're not as high as you would expect. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be in the news for somebody snorting cocaine off of my clitoris. Like that's not going to happen. Um, what I would be in the news for is this, like I won the lottery and it's just like woman blows a hundred million dollars in one day. Like okay. I, that's, the, that's, well, that's what it would be. But the depression is lower than regular bipolar disorder. Like that, de that depression is crippling. Wow. Crippling. It is, I physically cannot move today. Okay. I don't want to move. I don't deserve to move. Okay. And it's just not going to happen. And it is getting that low, getting to that point is quite scary when you've lived with it as long as I have, because you actually knew me when I was, when I was by boy. Oh, um, wow. Look, I would have ne never known. Yeah. I, I didn't know now. You know what I'm saying? I remember the first time I ever went to therapy and I was, it was when I was at Temple, shout out to Tuttleman Counseling Services at Temple University, um, saved my last life um but I remember the first time I went to therapy there I I ran down everything to my therapist and I wanted to talk about everything that I was feeling everything that like all of my racing thoughts everything and he's just like if I had bumped into you on campus I would never have thought that this is everything you were carrying mm -hmm. because you can't like especially in all honesty and especially as a black woman you weakness isn't an option mm -hmm. and so you, you can't be sad, you can't be fragile, you can't be soft, you can't be hurt, you can't constantly be in your feelings, but honestly, when you are bipolar, even when you have any sort of mental health um, condition, that's where you live. Mm -hmm. That's where you live, and you doing something about it is, is normally the scariest part, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I remember I was just sad constantly. And what made me go to therapy was that I failed Greek history. And I have been obsessed with Greek history since I was seven years old. Wow. And my mother saw that I failed Greek history. And she was just like, what's wrong? And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I went to talk to somebody about it and thankfully got on the right track, got on a nice therapeutic track, got on medication. Listen, medication does not mean that you are crazy. It means that your brain is not doing the things that it's supposed to do to keep you level. Mm -hmm. And you have to take something additional to help level you out. That's all that it means. And I, like, I really need people to understand that because there are so many people who are just walking around just fucking raw dog in life and I don't understand <laughs> how they do it when they clearly need medication mm -hmm. no I was gonna touch on so 
I want to touch on when you were say like there's a fear of like you know going and seeking therapy and I can talk at least from my end I know um the older it seemed like it's hit me more like my later 20s I've been noticing that something's a little bit off with me I don't I don't like to say that um what's the word like I don't want to be doctor and say oh I know this is what it is I really think it's just anxiety, which a lot of us deal with. Because I've, I've read into anxiety. I've seen what some of the symptoms are. And I'm just like, yeah, that's me. But it's weird because anxiety gets me to a certain level where I just want to not do anything. Like, it exhausts me. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just won't do anything. Like, I, like how you said, like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to answer these text messages. I know I have this deadline, but I'm not going to do it. I'm ignoring it anyway. Like, kind of just being... Um, also destructive to myself too. So I know it's like, it's certain things that I do where I'm just like, mm, this ain't normal, you know? So I, I know a lot of people will take that as like, oh, am I being crazy? And I had, I read somewhere, it was like, if you kind of can realize something's off, then you're obviously not crazy. Like people who are crazy will not notice that something's off. So if you know something's off, you know something's not really going well, you're not crazy. So that's one, just take that out the box. Two, you can just have, you know, a mental health condition or, and, and that's fine. A lot of people deal with that. And I think my fear has always been having to admit that, like having to actually admit that something is wrong, you know, like having to sit down with a therapist and them explain to me like, listen, honey, you got trauma, you got this, you got that. And there's so much work that you got to deal with. And me just being like, I don't know if I can do this. This sounds difficult. I'd rather just sleep all day and like not talk to anyone and just eat my life away. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it all, to me, I think the fear comes with one, admitting that something is not right. Like admitting that something is wrong. And two, I think it's also the fear of being like, it's going to be too hard to even get myself on like track. You know what I'm saying? Like this just seems easier. So I'll go with my thing. I know better. I'll go with my flow instead of, you know, it's, it's, it's fear. And there's, there's also a stigma. Yeah, around. of course. Yep. And like, it's one of those things where you like, you'll hear, and it's one of those things that I hear from older black people all the time. They'll say like, oh, my nerves are bad. Like, you're ner- <laughs> like, no, your nerves have been bad for 45 years. You have anxiety. Yeah. That is an actual condition. Like, it's not just, oh, my nerves are bad. Like, no, it's mm-hmm. not, that's not, I need you to do something more constructive about it than like, oh, my nerves are bad and I'm a drink. Like, yeah. Now, this is coming from somebody who definitely self-medicates with alcohol. Goodness, um, girl, often, me too. I'm trying, I'm trying to chill, though. I've been trying to chill because I noticed that, like, I've gained a bunch of weight from it. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to figure something else out here. <laughs> this ain't it, sis. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it is, especially my mom, she has really bad anxiety. Like, she's on medication for it. And now, as I'm growing older, I'm noticing with my siblings, they all got really bad anxiety, too. And I feel like my anxiety is not as bad as theirs. Like, they are 100 miles per minute to the point that, like, sometimes they can't even concentrate on one task. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, we all have it. It's the strangest thing. But no one, I don't think anyone has even admitted, like, oh, I have really bad anxiety. Like, no one has said anything. I'm just like, um... No, this is like this is exactly like it's clear as day. Yep. But people, people have just been going like going about their merry life. Communities of color rarely seek the professional help that a lot of us need, mm-hmm. especially for the, like we. 
I, like, I couldn't imagine having the entire world against us and you don't need some sort of counselor. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, it's just the moment you see my brown face, it's like I'm automatically a threat to you. And that, in and of itself, it's just like, how do I rationalize that? How do I mm-hmm. rationalize that within me? Mm-hmm. Like, even just that, I don't want to say very small thing, but even just that thing, I would need to talk to somebody about that. Yeah. Like, well, what is, why am I a threat? What is going on? How can I get over sometimes these feelings of inadequacy because other people see me as a threat? Like, it, like I just, I couldn't imagine being marginalized and not seeking therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think a lot of people too, I think a lot of people are under the false impression impression that it's them, it's not me. Um, yes. And the reason why I say that is because that was me for the longest time. I always was, I did the victimization thing. And I still do. I'm trying to stop it. I'm more aware of it now so it doesn't happen as often. But I was, I have always, I don't want to say always, but for the most part, I have always done very well at being the victim. I will find a way to rationalize why you are wrong and I'm right. I will find a way to let people know, like, this is everything I did, but... In my mind, I don't know, I must have threw out everything I didn't do or the shit I should have did and make sure that, like, I was the one, like, this happened to me. And I think that happens a lot of times with people is, like, they see themselves constantly as the victim. It's very hard for them to take accountability or to even look and look at the situation and see, like, maybe I'm the one who's tripping or a little off or whatever. And I think that all comes into, you know, survival mode you know maybe how you were raised you know maybe just thinking this is how I have to go about situations you know especially if people were constantly telling you when you were younger that you were constantly wrong or or whatever the case is your feelings not being valid I know that was my that's my biggest thing is I always felt like with my family my feelings were never valid because with Puerto Rican households is shut up I don't mom this was my mom and dad's big thing when I was 15 I didn't have no shoes like you got shoes you got a house you know like like they they always found a way to compare how and when I was when they were my age their situation was way worse so what you're complaining about I don't want to hear that bullshit oh you got an issue with this shut up you know so I always always felt invalidated and you know what was really what's really nice about my parents and my, my mom very specifically my mother is very we we are very emotionally attuned to one another. That's good. So it was, it, it literally got to the point where it was just like, I am sad. I cannot articulate why I need you to tell me why I'm sad. Okay. And after a while it was like, I can't tell you why you're sad. I don't know why you're sad. I, you, you have to figure that out. And that was like, that was what led me to therapy because we are like, she, Articulating my feelings is something that I am very, very good at. So once depression kicked in at about 15, so in high school at the age of 15, that's when I lost my grandmother. And she was probably one one of two people, I will say. I mean, I know that my dad loves me unconditionally, but there is nothing like your mother's love. Mm -hmm. So she was one of two people who loved me unconditionally. Mm -hmm. There was just like, she just loved me just for breathing the air that I breathe. And she died and that was when depression kicked in. And it was just like, okay, well, I'm sad because my grandma's no longer here. Okay, I'm sad because my grandma's no longer here. And then when it got further down the line, it was just like, I'm still sad. Yeah. Something is wrong. Right. 
And it's just like, okay, I know that I'm not still this deeply saddened by my grandmother being gone. So it was like that triggered my brain to go, we're going to stop producing the happy chemicals now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there was that. But I've always, 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 and even to this day, like I, even this evening when, when I was canceled on, I was able to articulate why I was disappointed, how disappointed I was without sounding crazy or without like being <laughs> completely unhinged because believe you me when I say I can be I can go from zero to unhinged real oh my God, real <laughs> let me tell you something that is me okay I'm zero to unhinged there's no balance there's no middle ground where it's just like oh rationality no I'm either zero like really chill and I don't give a shit or I'm over a hundred and most of the time I'm the latter I'm over a hundred like I'm very like things trigger me so quickly things make me react so quickly like and it's never like a small reaction I'm literally like blowing up like I take things so personal and it just it goes it goes left quickly with me sometimes and I don't know I've gotten to a point where it's just so exhausting like it's just like oh my god I'm exerting all this energy I'm constantly upset I'm constantly sad and you know you just get tired of kind of being in the same spot like it's like a circle you're just like this is miserable (laughs) like one minute I'm fine and then the next minute I'm upset again like what the fuck like so I I completely get you on that end of just being like one or the other yes 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 that is oh god that is me it's just and I am whatever it is being able to articulate your feelings plus being unhinged plus being (laughs) If I'm if I'm at the unhinged point, chances are I was drinking, chances are I'm wine drunk, chances are I'm five glasses in. And after the fourth glass, I need to put my phone under a boulder yeah. <laughs> five miles away from me. Because after the fourth glass of wine, I need to tell you how and why you mm-hmm. are the biggest piece of shit and on the another thing. Like, and, and another thing. <laughs> That's me. Like, it's weird. So I've, so it's, it's cool because in a certain aspect, I have become a little bit more self-aware. Um, it's just, it's really hard for me and it's taking me longer. And I know it'd probably be a little bit easier if I did, um, have a therapist. So I'm looking into it and we're going, we're going to get there. But, um, one thing I am, I have realized is it's really hard for me. I can give you some names in the Philadelphia area. No, send them to me. Yeah, I had my friend Helen send me one today because I reached out to two therapists and never got back to me. I'm sure they're overwhelmed. It's a lot of people going through a lot of mental things, you know, right now. Yeah. So I get it. So she sent me someone. And yeah, send me whoever because I am, I really am interested in like starting therapy. I need to at this point. But I was going to yes. say a big thing that I have noticed with myself is I cannot articulate how I feel. So what I do is I'll wait till I'm drunk. Oh, but when I'm drunk, I can tell you exactly how I feel. A little bit too much. And it's a little bit too nasty. And it's a little bit like, you know, like I done took it a little bit too far. And that's not good. Like I need to be able to say these things when I'm sober. That's because your inhibitions are gone. And at that mm-hmm. point, your brain is just like, I need to tell this motherfucker exactly yeah. how I feel. <laughs> to, right now is the time. Today's the fucking day because I got time today. Like... <laughs> It's exactly how it is, but I I always wake up the next day feeling like shit because I always been like, you know, if I didn't say anything right then and there, if I couldn't say anything sober, why say when I'm drunk? And now it's like the whole point of what I'm trying to say just went left because now I look crazy. Like I look like a nutty person to you. So 
I'm always like, then the guilt kicks in. Like I said, it's just an unhealthy cycle. I just be like, Jesus, I can't. I can't. Hold on one second, because Jasmine froze on the Zoom. Okay, we're back. Okay, all right, good. So I did want to ask you, when you found out about that you did have an actual mental disorder, um, were you relieved? Or, like, were you relieved as far as, like, oh, okay, now this makes sense, what's going on with me? Or was it, like, hard to wrap your head around? Like, were you, like, no way? Because I watched Shameless, and the one brother, Ian, he got diagnosed with bipolar, and he was, like, completely, like, no, nah, I'm not accepting that. That's not what I have. I'm not getting on medication. Like, it took him a really long time to just come to terms with it. So were you like that, or were you more like, okay, this makes sense. Let's see how we can get the ball rolling to getting this under, you know, control. So when I was very little, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I was like six years old wanting to be a psychiatrist. So I was familiar with mental health conditions. I was familiar with all of these things. So once I was actually diagnosed, it was both. It was, I was very relieved and I was, it was also hard for me to wrap my head around because it was just like, well, this means that something is wrong with me. And then the logical side of my brain is just like, no, nothing is wrong with you. You just have a chemical imbalance. And that can be fixed. You just, this is the path that you need to walk for that to be fixed. And so it was very much, I mean, being perfectly honest, I didn't fully believe it until I attempted suicide at 22. Okay. So that was when, like, when (laughs) when you wake up in hard restraints in a hospital. Yeah. That is. You're just like, oh, it's an eye opener. Yeah, um, something's wrong. Something's wrong for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, yeah, no, it was both. It was both. It was, it was difficult for me to wrap my mind around, but logically, I understood it. Emotionally, I didn't want it to be true. Okay. Yeah, I can get that. I can get that a hundred percent. Did you ever feel like, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? Yes. I, th- I actually feel like that every day. Okay. The why me, why me thing is something that doesn't go away. Um, because it's one of those things where it's just like, these are regular things that everybody is going through. So why do my lows feel so low? Why do I feel so, so sad? Why am I so so tired why am I so agitated why am I so easily irritable like it's just like why me like why was I chosen for this to happen and I don't there's no reason Mm -hmm. for the there's no rhyme or reason it's not like I mean I I believe in God that's about where that ends Mm because I'm I'm not really the most religious person Mm -hmm. but I do believe in God but I don't believe that like God single me out like you you get the crazy like, right, 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 <laughs> right. No, I understand that. I definitely understand that. That's why I think that's also something that's probably difficult for people who do have mental health um disorders or mental health conditions. Like, I'm sure you probably just wonder, like, what the heck, why me? But it's weird. Like, obviously, not everyone has a disorder, but I feel like for the most part, everyone has like a little bit of trauma or some type of mental health thing going on with them um you know some people have been able to deal with it and face it but I feel like everyone for the most part has something with them 
Like, even yeah. when they tell people, like, you'll never find a perfect person, like, people who are trying to get in relationships, like, you'll never find that perfect person because it's always going to be somebody who has something with them. Whether it's severe or whether it's small, everybody has, like, just, you know, a little, a little, a little something. So, I don't think it's too far-fetched. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a little bit, like, like we said, a little bit more than the other. Um, I wanted to ask you about your friendships and relationships. So, with your disorder, is it hard to maintain those? Does it, like, prevent you from wanting to be social and create new relationships or friendships? It doesn't prevent me from wanting to be social. I am overly social. I cleave to people. Okay. And it's something that I can see it when it's happening. Happening, I can see that I'm becoming too clingy. I can see all of this happening, and I can't stop it. Okay, it's like an out of body experience with almost every new, almost every new relationship. And the only thing I can pray for is, okay, don't be too much, too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, with romantic relationships, it's. It's something that I talk about pretty early on because it's, it's literally one of those things like, well, if you if you can't handle me at my worst, that's okay. Leave now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the door. <laughs> the door. Like, cause I'm not even one of those people like, oh, if you can't handle me at my worst and you don't deserve me at my best. No, if you can't handle me at my worst, that is perfectly fine because that bitch is crazy. <laughs> I can't handle me at my worst. Right. So I'm not expecting right. Anybody else to do that. Right, right. The only person who can handle me in my worst is truly my mother. That's right. it. Like, that's, and y'all that's are it. tied by blood, so it's just like, she better <laughs> not, she finna not go okay. nowhere. Not only are we tied by blood, I'm your only child. You so, don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah, because when you get old, you gonna need me, sis, so... <laughs> So you better invest in this mental health because I can't be a basket case when I got to take care of you when you older. Yeah. Nope. You need to make sure that I am stable. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's good. My next question to you, I have tons of questions because I thought this would be really helpful for like, like even when I was coming up with the questions, I was like kind of wondering um, how is like the right way to ask questions or what's the right way to say certain things because I don't want to offend anybody. That's always my goal on my podcast is I never want to offend anyone. I'm learning along with everybody else. And so this question to me was from your perspective, what do you feel is the best way or ways to deal with someone who has a mental disorder? Like how should a family or close friends express their concern if they're noticing something is off? You know what? Before you've expressed your concern and you've noticed that something is off, trust me when I tell you that the person who has something off going on with them has also noticed. So what I can say is listen when those people speak. Like if I'm constantly telling you like, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Are you okay? Not just tired. I'm just tired. I'm just t- like, you're not just tired mm-hmm. seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So listen when those people speak. Don't invalidate their feelings. If they're telling you they're feeling sad, don't tell them that they don't have anything to be sad about. Ask them 
what's wrong. And if they can't articulate it, it's possibly something that's deeper. And it, I mean, and, and it could be, and it could not be like, sometimes I could just be going through things in the moment. And sometimes it could be something deeper than just going through something sad in the moment. So just honestly, just be a listening person. And if you're in a relationship with someone like me, I'm single for everybody out there. So if you want to be in, in a relationship with somebody who is a partial basket case, hit me up. Um, but I, I cook well. Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, if you want to be in a relationship with someone like me or somebody who has a mental, a mental health condition, patience. Just be patient. Because trust me, we don't like feeling like this either. So the fact that we've made you feel some type of way, we hate that. Oh my God, yeah. We hate it. And That's because my thing. we don't like people like sometimes I'll do certain things. At this point I'm like, I really gotta go to therapy because maybe something really is wrong with your girl. But I was um like I've done, <laughs> like really I'm listening to you, I'm like, man, man, this this is clicking. But, um, no, I would say, like, me, I, I, sometimes I'll do certain things or I'll have certain behaviors, and people will ask me, like, why? Why did you do that? What was going on with you? And I'll be like, I absolutely have no reason. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm trying to figure that out myself. And it's just, like, you know, not knowing why or not understanding, like, what's going on with me makes me feel bad for whoever I hurt or whoever is upset with me. Like, the guilt, like, that, like that's like you said, 10 times out of 10, I'm beating myself up more than you could ever imagine because I'm not, one, I'm not understanding what the heck, why. Like, I don't have a reason. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. And then I see that you're hurt, and it's like, that was never my intention. Like, I don't think people understand that when people sometimes aren't, like, mentally all the way there, it's never on purpose. Like, yeah. it's yeah. just not. It's never on purpose. Like anybody that I've ever lost my shit on completely, anybody that I've ever like just, I don't, I poured too much into or become like borderline obsessed with. I don't even want to talk about that, but it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it happens. I don't, I just wish I could erase like some years out of my life. But all of us do. You're not alone. <laughs> it's not, it's never on purpose. It's never intentional. Like, I, it's literally just our brains the wiring is messed up like something wrong with the plumbing somebody got to see Oh my god! No, I, I I agree. I agree, and um, yeah, I agree that patience is key because if you are dealing with someone who like they don't know what's going on or why they're doing certain things, there's no rhyme or reason, and you know things like this occur, situations things occur. Patience is the key to just be like, okay, it's not personal. It's not about me this is what's possibly going on. So I definitely agree with that. I also wanted to ask you, what are some things people shouldn't say or ask someone who has a mental health disorder? Never, ever, ever tell somebody who has a mental health condition to just relax or just get over it or you'll be fine or it's not that deep. Those things, it's just like, I know that it's not that deep my brain however is not on the same page as me so it's very deep at this moment mm-hmm. dang i like, never thought it, about that that's true because that triggers me sometimes like i would say um someone telling me it's not that deep would probably have me hot like fuck you mean it's not that deep like that would probably yeah that would probably have me hot like, cause it's just like, it's not that deep. Oh, so fuck how I feel though. Right. Okay. Right. All right. 
if they're not trying to help you rationalize, rationalize it, like, because there are people, like, I've had, had moments where Nigel has told me, like, listen, babe, relax. This is not that deep. And he'll explain why. And I'll be like, oh, you're right. You know, like, if you're not, like, at least trying to, like, explain to me and take the time, that's different. Now, you're, like you said, you're trying to invalidate my feelings. Like, you're not that deep. Get the fuck out of here with that. I just be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. When you can rationalize to me why it's not that deep, I can understand that. Right. Now, is my brain still trying to do a thing? Because to me, it is that deep. Yes. But the logical part of my brain is just like, okay, here's what's wrong. Here's where shit went left. Mm-hmm. Here's how you can get it back on track. Okay. But, yeah, just never say those things to a person with a mental health disorder. Just, oh, my God, the moment you tell me, you'll be fine. It's just like, thank you. Or, oh, the the worst is, just think happy thoughts. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Because I didn't think about that before. I didn't think about the fucking happy thoughts. I have forgotten about the happy thoughts. <laughs> That's real, though. That is so real. Oh, my God. Jasmine, I'm telling you, we're going to blow up with this episode, okay? I'm telling you right now. Um, so, the thing that has me just, ooh, just, yeah. just, think, just think about something positive. Get out of my face before I positively punch you in your fucking throat. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, especially if you're, like, upset in the moment. It's hard because people are, they are just, when they hit you with the just be positive, they are just coming from a good place. But it's just like, listen here. This is not the time, though. (laughs) Read the room. This is not it. (laughs) Read the goddamn room. Does it look like I'm in a place where happy thoughts are happening right now? Oh my gosh, that is too real. Okay, so I'm going to try to, I think we have like 20 minutes left. So I'm going to try to hurry up some of these questions. Because um, okay. I, I told you I had a lot. One of them was I wanted to ask, how do you feel about everything that's going on with Kanye? <laughs> anti-black woman heavily a lot of problematic things those things to the side I am listen I am not a fancy mental health professional Mm -hmm. but I'm just going to say that Kanye is having a nervous break right now Kanye is having a psychotic break and needs professional help and possibly needs to be institutionalized for a little while do you feel bad for Kim? Because I asked my guest last week, I said I felt bad for Kim. And she was like, you know, I don't feel bad for Kim. Just based off of the whole, like, Kardashian curse and, like, the whole thing they be doing. I felt her on that. I was like, yeah, I feel you. But a part of me still feels bad for her. It's just like a human, just as, like, a wife, like, being on the receiving end of someone who has a mental health condition and they don't want to go get help. They don't want to be in their meds. Like, what do you do? I, as a human, as a wife, as a mother, I feel bad for Kim. Yeah. As a Kardashian, she can kick every rock. Right, right. <laughs> Armenia, and I'll be okay with that. Right. But 
no, as a wife, as a mother, as 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 a human, I feel bad for Kim because it. <laughs> listen, I will never spring my mental health condition on anybody. Suddenly, mm-hmm. I will tell you what it is. I will. Will you be quiet? Nobody's talking to you. <laughs> First of all, one of his lyrics was, and when he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. <laughs> he was very much anti-black woman for a very long time. For, yeah, anyway. for a little bit in the beginning, yeah, then I don't know. Oh, sorry. But, she said sorry. Um, I, like, again, I'm, I'll never spring my mental health condition on somebody, so I can't imagine them being together for a while. He seems steady. He he seems stable. He might have a couple of quirks, mm-hmm. but you attribute that to his quote unquote genius and you try and move through it. But now you got four kids yeah. and this is your husband and your husband is out here on some real, real reckless stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is your husband. Mm-hmm. So you have to make choices that aren't for the public to see that aren't for public consumption you have to make like real life actual choices about where do we go from here where do my children go from here where like what even is anything at mm-hmm. this point yeah i agree so I, I absolutely feel i do absolutely feel for her as 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 a human as a human but the whole like the whole kardashian brand thing like it just they produce such a nasty visceral reaction from me that I like I honestly can't even talk about them. Yeah, I know. Like, a lot of people feel that way. That's what she brought up. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can see that. But I, I do. I think for Kim, like there was even photos that were leaked, like paparazzi photos where it's like her and Kanye are in the car and she's obviously crying and it's just like I do. I feel bad for like you want to be there for this person. You want to stick around as much as possible. You want to support them as much as possible. But they're just they're an adult. And they're going to do what they want to do. And if that's not what they want to do, how do you stick around where now it's not affecting your mental health or affecting your children? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you stick around to be able to do that without it becoming a bigger issue for all parties involved? It's hard. You don't want to give up on somebody. But then, you know, what happens to you, like yourself and these kids, you know? You know what? As somebody, two people who don't have any sort of mental conditions, or mental health disorders, what I will say to you is do not lose yourself trying to rescue someone who does. Mm. Don't do that. How much you love a person, no matter how much you care for a person, no matter how much you want to get a person through whatever struggle they're going through, you can lose yourself in that. Yeah, that's true. That's the worst thing that you can do because then you're no good to anybody. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Um. My next question is, what helps you cope and get by when you are in a manic phase? Weed. Weed. Next question. <laughs> weed. What about if when you're in a depression phase? Weed. Weed. <laughs> Actually, music. Shut up, the music. weed. <laughs> music does. And very, very specifically, the, the song, Maybe God is Trying to Tell You Something from the Color Purple soundtrack. <laughs> what? Listen, 
Don't listen to it. You will understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to go. I'm going to listen to it after this. I really am. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. All right. So, does... So, when we were talking, you also told me you have, like, you've suffered from severe anxiety. I wanted to know, does this severe anxiety make it more difficult to, like, handle and deal with your bipolar disorder? Or they just go hand in hand? Like, you'll you'll have them both at the same... Like, you know what I'm saying? They kind of go hand in hand. I normally have... (laughs) It's really fun. Join me on this journey. (laughs) So what typically happens is the anxiety hits and it spikes and I can feel it. I can feel the mania coming directly after the anxiety. I know that it's coming. I know that I'm about to blow my whole paycheck on some bullshit. I know that I'm about to sleep with a bunch of different people. Like I, like I can, I know that whatever the bad is, mm-hmm. that's what's coming because my anxiety spikes and my brain is just like, oh, it's time to lose our shit. And that's literally, sorry, my aunt is talking to the cat. And she just I, I heard her. I, said, I was like, is that your mind or that's your aunt? Like, is your mind talking? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> He wants treats. He wants catnip treats because he's addicted to catnip. He's a drug addict. So he's going to be fine. So you were saying, like, yeah, you were saying you feel like when the manic Leave leave all of that in. (laughs) Yeah, um, they go hand in hand. So the anxiety typically triggers the mania. Once I come down from the mania, it's normally depression. And then somewhere in there, I level off for like one week out of the month <laughs> and I'm a normal goddamn human being and I can function. Okay. That makes sense though, especially because like you said, if you're, because a lot of times they'll tell you that even like people who don't have conditions or disorders, like, like let's say like if you're on like, um, like certain drugs, like, you know how they'll be like, like people in school, I would say, like in college, when they would take like a certain drug to keep themselves up to do something, or even not even drugs, like a five hour energy. Like they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll be like coffee. Let's throw that out there. That's probably a drug. Like you out there just like, you're so high up. And then they say when you crash, the crash is like crazy. So it's the same thing as like your main, your mania has you so high up, but then that, the, that low is like, takes you right into depression. Imagine the consistency of pudding. And trying to walk through that half asleep. Oh my gosh. That's what depression feels like. Yeah. And it's just like you're trying and you're trying and you're trying to move and you think you're moving and you think you're moving. You haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. So that is like that crash. It's just, it's literally like you ever seen somebody just get, just get knocked down repeatedly by waves from the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. Me. Because <laughs> I can't swim, me. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Wow. Like you get up, you think you're fine. Wave. You get up, you think you're fine. Wave. You get up, you think you're fine. Bigger fucking wave. <laughs> wow. That's so tough. Like it, it, it's just it is. I can't even. You know, I can't even imagine. Like that's rough because you constantly feel like, how the heck do I get up from this? You know, like how the heck do I recover from this? Like that's that is that's a lot. Exactly. Um, so my last question for this segment is what is something you want people to know about those with mental health or just m- about mental health in general? We are trying. We are genuinely trying our black ass best. We really are. <laughs> yeah. I 
can attest to that. I can say, that's the one thing I will say, like, even though I have moments where I am down on myself and I'm just like, wow, you know, you, you took two steps forward just to take 10 steps back. Like, I have a lot of those moments. I always tell myself, at least I'm not giving up. I don't think I've ever gotten to a point, just me, myself, where I've been like, all right, I'm done. And I'm just going to say fuck it all and just no. I'm always constantly like, okay, what can I do that'll help? Like, what can I remember that I was doing before that helped? Like, I'm constantly trying. So I think that's perfect to let people know, like, yeah, you're, people, we're trying. Like, we're trying to get it together. We're trying to figure it out. You know, not everyone is because not everyone is there yet. Not everyone is ready to realize that something is off or something is wrong. But the people who have come to that conclusion, they are. They're genuinely trying. They're, they're trying to do what they the best that they can. Yeah. And that's, that's truly all that we can do. We're not... Also, I want people to know we're not faking it. Like, there... At no point in my life do I want to fake depression. At no point in my life do I just want to be sad constantly. I, honestly, the depression is easier to handle than the mania because depression is normally just sleeping and eating my life away. Mm-hmm. The mania, at no point do I want to be talking 5,000 miles a minute. Do I want to just start a new thing, 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 and never complete anything. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not faking this. Mm-hmm. When people say it's all in your head, yes, that is accurate. It is all in our head, but that doesn't mean that it's not real. Right. Wow, drop the mic. That was good. <laughs> that was really, really good. All right, so to wrap up the episode, um, my last segment is always called The More You Know. So this is basically is knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your former self that you feel like would also help listeners? And it doesn't have to do with mental health. It can be about anything. Be afraid and do it anyway. Okay. Why do you say that? Because I was scared to do a lot of things for fear of what other people would think, for fear of what my parents would think, for fear of like whether or not I would be successful. It's just like, I'm, I'm not where I want to be in life right now. Mm-hmm. So if I had just done it afraid when I was younger, I would probably be a lot further ahead. Gotcha. That's good advice. That's really, really good. Um, so I do want to thank you, Jasmine, for coming on here and being willing to talk about all of this and for answering all my questions and just being so open. Like, I know that... Sometimes it's difficult. Like, I don't know how difficult it was for you, but sometimes it's difficult to say certain things and especially say it on a podcast, you know. But I personally think this is going to help so many people. Um, I had tweeted about how excited I was about having you on here and what we were going to talk about yesterday. And there were so many good responses because, like I said, a lot of us are going through a lot right now. And I think people don't know where to start or even if it's okay for them to feel this way. It's a freaking pandemic. So I'm sure a lot of people feel um, like everyone's going through something. So who cares if I'm going through something? But no, it matters. You matter. Your mental health matters. And if you do feel like something is off, yeah, tell someone, you know, talk to someone, look into therapy. Like there's, there's options out there for you, you know, don't feel like you are alone because you're not. And there's nothing wrong with just admitting that. Exactly. 
So, um, Jasmine, I always ask my guests, where do you want people to find you on social media? You can find me on um, Twitter at Bronzed Brown Girl. Um, you can find me on Instagram at underscore username withheld. And that's really it. You don't want to find me on Facebook. I am annoying as hell. <laughs> Twitter is a lot of political retweets. I do. I, I I am I am very much one with the politics on, on Shout the out Twitter. to you, girl, because I'm telling you, I cannot get into it. I just be like, no, it's too much overwhelming. Don't. I feel like I'm losing my mind every goddamn day. Don't get into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's overwhelming. <laughs> it is way too overwhelming. I'm just like, you have a mental health condition and you're doing this thing yourself willingly. You want to actually be crazy. Um, yeah, but that, that's that's where you can find me doing doing my thing. All Taking right. Random shit. <laughs> Singing random songs. Good. Living her best life, okay? But um yep, I'll make sure to put all of her handles in the uh description box. And I think that's it for this episode. So thank you again, Jasmine, for being on. I think Nigel about to play some gospel for us. Oh, he found the song from The Color Purple. Oh, <laughs> it's a wrap. All right. Thank you guys so much. And see you guys in the next episode. If I were you, I would say yes. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to me. Speak, Lord. Oh, speak, Lord. Speak to me. Won't you speak to me?